When you're not hungry, that's the time to go to the store. I believe that you can network for meeting men in the same way you network for connections. It's what we do. It's always about what we as women do to lead it down the right path. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Today, I am speaking to one of my favorite people who have been on the podcast, Heather Ann Havenwood. Hi, Heather. Hey, welcome. Welcome to me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I have my own podcast. I was like, welcome. Wait, hold on. I'm not interviewing you. I know, and you have to tell us about that. Yes. Heather Ann Havenwood, as some of you who are frequent listeners of mine, may know her from episode seven. We were talking about childhood programming, which is really interesting. And episode 15, when you got to hold your sexy back to succeed with men. And boy, is Heather Ann Havenwood sexy. (laughs) Yes. And that was an interesting uh, podcast. It's been a while, Heather. I've, I've I've definitely taken on your instruction though from it i've pulled back a little bit on my instagram (laughs) not a lot but i've i've pulled back a little bit um on not putting so much sexy out there and putting a little more content and use in my eyes and things like that so i've listened i was coachable i know i know that's absolutely (laughs) true i just want you guys to know that heather ann was named by huffington post as one of the top 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs. She Mm -hmm. is an entrepreneur.com contributor and is regarded as a top authority on digital marketing strategies and online business sales systems. And Heather, I understand you were recently crowned, uh, let's see, I want to get it right, Ms. Texas Elite Woman of Achievement. Yes. So for 2020, I'm Miss Texas Elite Woman of Achievement. So what those means is MS means I'm not married, obviously. I'm on this podcast, right? Um, <laughs> and elite means I'm over 40, a.k.a. I'm, I'm wise. That's how I think over 40. We're we're, we're wise. That's how I right? think. Right. Uh, but then Woman of Achievement is the organization of the pageant. So yes, I am Miss Texas Woman of Achievement Elite for 2020. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, so so what's what's that been like? I mean, I understand that was like recently, you know, just yeah. over the past like a month or so, right? So that, something that's been, yeah, so it was in November uh, that I went to the pageant in California, the Queen Mary. It was beautiful. Oh, and wow. I laugh because, you know, you know me as a particular way in the last year where I'm strong, independent, sexy boss, and you know, kind of that. <laughs> And I grew up Southern debutante. My mom was a Southern debutante, let's be clear. You know, there's mm-hmm. only three things my mama wanted for me, right? Marry a rich doctor and have lots of babies. and always uh-huh. look good when I leave the house. So, and I kind of didn't do that growing up. I kind of went everything against that. So here I am in this pageant with, I'm talking like gowns and hair and makeup every morning at 5 a.m. And 
you know, I had, I literally, this is no, no lie, I showed up at LAX and I pull up to the, you know, the Uber area and I had that, a huge cart of bags and the guy goes, who else is with you? And I'm like, just me, this is all my bags. I had an entire duffel of just shoes. So my old Texas, Dallas, Houston kicked in and I was, you know, the whole nine yards of like my debutante training, like kicked in from my mom. My uh-huh. mom, if she was here on this planet, she'd be, she'd be proud. Uh, but a lot of people in my world, in my industry are like, why did you do that? I don't get it. You know, <laughs> um, I'll tell you right here. It was, it was, uh, I'm kind of in this year of yes, mm-hmm. where I'm doing things that scare me. Right. I love it. Yeah. And so as of last week and starting tonight, actually, I, I um, did a package of dance classes and, and salsa private lessons. So I'm starting that tonight, you know, just I love it. things to get out of my old structure. Mm-hmm. And so I said yes to this really knowing no idea what it was and show up with all my Dallasness and big hair. And <laughs> you'll find this funny. I was, I was, uh, I had to pay someone to do my makeup. Like it was, it was full on pageant makeup, you know, yes. not something you just do. It's full on pageant makeup girls, like serious coding. Okay. Wow. And the girl who was doing my hair, she's Californian. And day two of the three days, I said, girl, my hair last night was not big. She's like, your hair was big. I go, uh-uh, I'm Dallas. I'm, right. I'm Dallas. This ain't this ain't California big hair. If I'm gonna represent in Texas, I gotta go big hair, honey. And she's like, What? And so you see this picture of me and I got this big old hair, you just can't tell. But I'm like, girl, if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be representing, I gotta go all out, you know? But absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I miss Texas big hair. And where can we go to see more of that? Because I, I have not myself seen you know, I wanna seen? see you walking down the runway or something. Like what can we see? Yeah, I need to I need I think I posted so much that people were getting sick of it on my Facebook, but I do need to post more on Instagram. You can go to my Instagram, um, Instagram Heather Havenwood, and I do have pictures there, but I do need to post more. I think people were just so weird, weirded out that I was wearing a crown. <laughs> my friends were like, um, what happened to you? Like, are you okay? But I do have a crown. I do have a crown. I do wear it. I do uh, wear the power of the sash around Austin because it's, like that's my job now. It's kind of yes, like a right. weird thing. Oh, that yes. is so fun. And so Thanks. this is for like, is this a yearly? I did not know about this. Is this a yearly thing that people, women over yeah. forty, can actually? Because I love that idea of women over forty being in a pageant. It's yeah. It's I know it's odd. Oh, it might be someone listening going, "That's so not me." You would be surprised. So I'm I'm woman chief for the whole year 2020, and I kind of have a responsibility because I I ran on my mission in life is to help 10,000 women start and run their own company, and it's fascinating. I had three sponsors. I had a shampoo company sponsor me. I had a sunblock company sponsored me. And let me tell you, girls, how this went conversation went down. I called them a week out because I was freaking out because these gowns are expensive. <laughs> and um, mm. I called them and said, hi, you don't know me. My name is Heather. I'm, I'm in a pageant running for Miss Texas 2020. Here's what this looks like. Here's what the possibilities of media is. Will you sponsor me, you know, $10,000? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh, my God, they said yes. Um, <clears throat> and then I went to the SBA 
organization, nonprofit organization called SCORE. It's all over the country. It's the largest nonprofit to help small businesses in America. That's the designation it's designed to do. It's actually funded partially by the government of our government. And I called them up and said the same thing. And they said, what do you need? You know, so it was really fascinating for me to do this thing called a pageant and, and running on a thing, like a focus of women and have all these strangers, literally three company strangers and nonprofit just say, yeah, like, how can we support you? It was really interesting. So since then, I've gotten, um, I now support a, a local eye company. I've gotten a free oil change. That was cool. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I actually had Eddie V's steak restaurant here in Texas. I believe they're somewhere around the country, too. Uh, I went there for my congratulatory dinner, and they they made me, the entire wait staff made me a, a card with their signatures on it and said, Aww. you know, happy Miss Texas. And yeah, it's like, Aww. it's really interesting to get this kind of attention, you know, um, in, in a loving way. It's all for women. That's how I look at my guy. I always tell people I'm here to really support women. That's why I'm doing yes. this. I love that. You know, really, congrats, because that sounds like, you know, you really talk about doing something that is new and scary oh. when you made those calls. Oh, completely. Yeah. No, you're kidding. And, and it's also, you know, when you do something weird, your family, your people that are close to you think you're like, what's, what's wrong? You know, what's going on? Why are you being so weird? Um, my sister even called me on Thanksgiving day. I went down to this area of our town that had the thing called coats for kids. You might have it in New York where we get kids, you know, the coats and families come in and I'm talking like families of four and five and six kids with their mom. And they're like, we need coats. And so I show up with my sash and crown and my sister's like, Oh, what are you doing? You know, but it wasn't for her. I was like, I'm, it's, it's not to show off. It's for the kids. And so sure enough, I had, you know, little girls who were six and seven and 10, mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, you're Miss Texas. And yeah. can I, can I see your crown. And it's about empowering them. You know, you can exactly. have everything you want. It's about supporting little six year old girls and seven year old girls. And you know, I don't know. It's not about dreams, me. dreams. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know, you can do this, too. And I know that you don't have enough money for a coat, but that's okay. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. it's like giving back. It's so wonderful. Thanks. Well, seriously, congrats. And, and what a great segue, because we're talking dreams, ladies, about <laughs> having your dream guy in 2020. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be wonderful as well? Uh, those listening here, you know, and I wanted to talk to you again, Heather, because... You know, first of all, everyone knows you you can talk and you can talk about anything and you're so eloquent and I am not at all surprised they crowned you Miss Texas Elite. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, I appreciate that. Not at all. And because of achievement. And mm. you have done so much in your life. You are a true uh, fighter and a supporter of women and you are an inspiration. Oh, thank truly. You. Thank yeah. you. And, and just to be clear, everyone, I texted her in a rant on Chris, on New Year's Eve. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I'm texting her like, blah, 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 blah. she's like, you didn't go on my show and talk about it. I'm like, okay, so I'm not perfect for sure. I am not. Yeah, Who is? I'm is not. there anybody? I'm thing. I'm like, girl, I do not get it. Help, right? So. I know. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the thing about, you know, Instagram and, and social media and online. It looks so perfect, right? And when we see you in your beautiful dress and gown and, and tiara and crowd and all of that, yep. it's like, wow, could things be any more perfect for Heather? And it's not for any of us. Mm-mm. It's just it not, right? It's so not. anyway, yeah, 
I know you would be very good at asking me questions about online dating because it is online dating season. If you can believe it, there's kind of a season that mm. is better than others, and that is now. As a matter of fact, we just passed what they're calling like, um, I want to get this right, something like, not. it's kind of like Super Bowl Sunday for dating online. It's like the Cyber Sunday yeah. of uh, cyber dating. And that oh, we just okay. passed. We just passed it because it was New Year's. It's actually the Sunday after New Year's. Really? So just, yes. It's called Dating Sunday or Singles Sunday by the online dating apps and websites and all of that. Because Why? It Why is that the, day? Yeah, because it is the day mm-hmm. where they are so spiked from the absolute uh, hundreds of thousands and numbers of people going online on that day. Interesting. What, so why do you think that is in your expertise? Why do you think those people, why, why are we all like clamoring? What is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because they're saying, and I think that it's absolutely true, that here's what happens. You know, we, towards the end of the year, it's for most of the country, a lot of the uh, Western world, that it's cold and it gets dark early, and we're not in the mindset of things beginning. This is like in December, November, even October of 2019. We were winding down from something, and we're focused on family and holidays. And then what happens is, bam, New Year's Day hits. And then it's all about where am I going? What am I doing for me? And you've got that long stretch of time with no other holiday coming up but Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that most wonderful day of the year. All right, I got to go. You're depressing (laughs) me, Paula, really? Okay, all right. It's actually, here's the thing, that online dating can really work well Mm -hmm. and you can be free of a lot of the frustration of what I call like the frights, the freaks, all of that. You really can if you do it in a way that is intentional. It's with a formula because if not, you're kind of floundering around and going by the seat of your pants and emotions. And let me tell you, emotions and online dating do not mix. No, they don't. The other thing that doesn't work, first of all, you have a formula, and you've taught me the formula. I just keep going off the formula, so it's not that your formula doesn't work. I I do things wrong. The other thing that I just saw, and I want you to talk about this uh, uh, online, is basically the best number, it was kind of a meme, but it was like the number one way to miscommunicate is text. It's true, right? I'm I'm kind of a smart Alec, smart ass, if I can say that. Mm-hmm. And I am, when I talk to men specifically, not in business, when I talk to men on a personal, I get very, what I call a pokey, you know. How, about, I, how about the, um, I love this, the Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live, you get sassy. I get sassy, yeah. And they take it so wrong. And they just like, oh, yeah, you're mean, or oh, you're this. And they just like dissipate, and they disappear. And I'm like, all right. But then there was no one left, you know. Uh, it's happened a lot lately, and that's I think that's why I text you at New Year's Eve, like just pretty much in tears, like. Ah. Uh, 
Got it. Got it. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. If you don't do online in an extremely intentional way to keep yourself from that frustration, what happens is, and I think this is bearing out in what I'm reading about it, that then you get all excited at the beginning of the year and there are mass numbers of people going on. And then what happens for women is through the frustration, Mm -hmm. they go off. And here's the the bottom line deal is that in today's world, you really need to be meeting men organically and online because men are going online in a way that's very different than women. In other words, I don't know if you've noticed because, uh, Heather, you've disclosed you're over 40, that going out as a woman 40 and above It's a very, very different um, climate or environment, so to speak, milieu, than being in your even early 30s and 20s, meaning how the men are, how they respond, how they are not out in the same way to meet women. In other words, men who are, say, 45 and above, They go out more like women go out. They go out to actually have the experience of going out with their friends and uh, meeting, greeting, communing with their friends. And they're not in that state of pursuing, meeting, hooking up with women in the way the younger set is. How they do that is they go home from going out and they go online. And it's why I can see that. I can totally see that. Uh It's why women um, feel like, you know, what am I invisible? You know, I'm out. They seem to be, you know, it's a group of men or or two men, even a single guy. He'll stand there, drink a beer and eye you up and down, but he won't do anything about it. You see, that man who he might even be out alone watching a game, having a beer, having dinner, right, and he's there at a bar or nice restaurant, what have you, is that when he sees you, unfortunately, men don't have the intuition and innate knowledge and don't understand social cues the way women do. So, for example, he's standing there, you smile, that should be an absolute 100% to, to some degree clue for him and cue, but it's not. He doesn't get it that when you're looking at him in a way and there's some kind of feeling from your part or um, invitation, many times, A, he doesn't get it, or B, he gets it and is too afraid, and C, he, if he's made, he fears the miscalculation and he comes up to you or does something overt it's the shame and feeling of you know failure that he doesn't want to deal with so now there's an alternative to it years Mm -hmm. ago there wasn't years ago he had to do that or he was never gonna be able to date a woman and be with a woman right Now there's an alternative, and believe me, men take it because at home when he's behind his, um, you know, either his phone screen or his computer screen and he's typing or texting away, he's bold, he feels he can say anything, 
and it's a totally different feeling for him. And so that's what he does. So we need both to succeed for ourselves, especially over 40. I agree with that completely. That's been my experience, uh, especially over 40. It's it's a whole other level because there is still the – by the way, I live in Austin. It's a very young crowd. I mean, you live in New York, so it's an, it's an everything crowd. But it's uh, – I mean, Austin's still a young crowd, and it still has a conservative slant to it. I find that women who are single have kids, they still there's a huge outlet for them because they're constantly going to things and events with their kids that have other parents. You know, mm-hmm. they have single parents there, you know, man, woman, they have – there's an outlet for adultness outside of business. Mm-hmm. When you're single like myself who doesn't have kids, there's a, it's like a, that's what I'm challenged with, like creating that. I'm looking at social clubs. I'm looking at Rotary. I'm looking at, you know, um, the Masons. And I'm not, I'm not allowed to do that because I'm not a man, but I'm just like, I want something social, you mm-hmm. know, that's not connected to a business networking event. Uh, but I do find that even I met a guy on the plane. The guy was talking to me literally for three and a half hours. He literally asked me out. He said he wanted to see me. And then after a three and a half hour and very engaged conversation on the plane, it's like he just, I don't know, fell to face of the earth, which is fine. Uh, Tell us about that because that's interesting. And I have a take on that as to sure. why. So you met your Go, you're flying from where to where? I'm flying from flight. Vegas to Houston, and I'm connecting to Austin. So it was a three-and-a-half-hour flight. Um, I sat next to him, and um, I'm 1K. I wasn't first class, but I, was, I am 1K member, so I was sitting in the um, exit row, which is a lot of the room. And it was a three-and-a-half-hour flight. We had a great time. He talked to, he's, he's single. He has two daughters. He's widowed, which is a little different, but uh, he's in his 50s. He's in this time of his life where both of his kids, his two daughters are in college. And so he's like trying to figure out what it's like to be a dad without the day in day out of school. And he's in this, I really want to travel. I want to go with my significant other to wine country country. He was literally saying things like, I'd love to take you to the wine country. Like it was almost in a way he was going down the road. Like, Oh, if I took you, we'd go to this location and we go to this location. And then we'd wake up on Saturday really late. And he was literally speaking out the entire weekend in his head and speaking it out loud. And it was flattering. We got off the plane. He was like, you know, very walking me to my gate very much like I want to see you again. I live in Houston. Um, here's my number, big hug. I want to see you, you know? And I was like, oh, that was interesting. And I didn't say yes or no. I was just, I pulled back, mainly probably from your coaching a little bit, not too much, just very like listening. And then um, we went back and forth a little bit on text. We had one phone call. And the phone call from me went sideways where he was like, well, you know, I find that you're very strong. And, you know, if you're going to be with me, you need to be this way. You need to be this way. You need to be this way. And I want to win it this way. And all of a sudden he was like putting this checklist down. Like I need to be a certain way. And that's where I said, I I get it. I get that's your request. But like, I I can't do that. You're wanting me to be a certain way. And like, what was the certain, what was the certain way? It was kind of like, well, he didn't like how I, was, how I was speaking. He wanted me to be um, more laxed and, and more chill. And, uh, and then he started comparing me to his ex-wife, who, by the way, is a 
passed away. She died of cancer like a decade ago. And I said, with all due respect to the fact of your wife, and I'm sure she was beautifully and lovely, but stop comparing me to your wife. That doesn't mm-hmm. work. And he's like, well, I've already been in a relationship and married. You haven't. And I should know better. I should know more than you. I'm like, oof. You know, so it went kind of sideways. And mm-hmm. then uh, I think it was either Christmas Day or the day after Christmas. I kind of said, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. I wish so this was all over phone and text? Phone and text at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my take on it, if you like it. Sure. All right. So this is what happens uh, to so many of us, especially after a certain age, because things can go very quickly because we know so much more and we've got our um, guard up for like little red flags. And you had many of those in those conversations, right? Like, uh-oh, red flag, uh-oh, red flag, right? In the conversations. Yeah, for sure. Right? Especially when he was like, yeah. I want you to be this way. And I was like, God, you don't even know me enough to right. speak that. But yes. I'm listening, and I can't agree to that. Right. So what happens is it kind of goes uh, from zero to 60 in, in too short of a time. And whenever that happens... The, the bloom gets blown off the rose right away. So I want to take it a couple of steps back to the plain conversation mm-hmm. and what he was doing, which I call futuring. Guys yes, he, futuring. Was, he was, I mean, I'm talking like we would, you know, this is the time we'd wake, wake up and we would do the hot tub. Like he had this thing planned out like it was an itinerary in front of him. Right. And that is men being men. It's very, very typical. And it is his excitement that does that. And they don't have the social governor on them in a way that keeps them from doing it. And that's a combination of socialization, but also it's anthropological because of all manner of stuff when we were in the wild of what was the most um, significant and efficient way to keep the species going and getting a woman to have sex with them. So it, it's, it's, I won't go into all of that, but it is so innate in men to do that. And we have to guard against it, and we have to actually keep it from happening. Okay. In other so words... I just want to make sure I'm clear, just for sake. So mm-hmm. you're saying the thing that they do, and anthropology-wise, is they future pace? You see... We live via our emotions. Men live via their decisions. And they're always in decision-making mode to one degree or another. So here's what happens. He gets seated next to Miss Texas Elite Woman of Achievement. Wow, you know. He feels, you know, you're a pretty puppy, and he gets seated next to you. And immediately... You know, he feels something, right? And he's then in pursuit mode. And what happens is that it's a, an absolutely normal thing for him to start snowballing with that because he's decided in that moment how much he likes you. So he's going to then make all these other decisions and future it in his mind, right? 
because men amuse themselves and self-soothe with women. It's kind of like being in a fantasy state. So, for example, if you were in the presence of an adorable puppy, even on that plane, if someone had been sitting next to you and that someone was bringing their 12-week-old puppy home, right? So for the three hours, if that person put the puppy in your lap, wouldn't that be a wonderful trip? Right? Yeah, I can see that. I can see see the puppy syndrome for sure. You know, you'd be kissing it, loving it. Loving it. Yeah, yeah. Uh He was in in talking about when we were going to go to walks and, you know, yeah. There you go. Fantasizing. And I, now I will ask you though, I mean, when he was doing it, I thought to myself, whoa, that seems interesting. What would, should I just not say, I didn't really say anything. I just kind of was like, ha, 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 you know, but uh, my head, I want to go, yo, chill. Um, Right. What would have been a better response? Because you, you, and I interrupted you because I didn't understand. We have to, you said we as women need to not let it happen. Right. We have to pace it. And unfortunately, you were a bit of a sitting duck because you're sitting next to him. So that takes a high level of doing it. But you have to first and foremost, you were aware of it. Oh, very. Exactly. So it's what we do once it starts happening. Because you see, even by not saying anything, he connotes it as you being complicit. You see? So this is a problem. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a big problem. Yeah, in my head, I was like, damn, do I have an insane amount if I go on this trip with you? you know? <laughs> right. Well, like, and you have to address each thing. You mm-hmm. have to address each and every one of those things. So here's the thing, being in the airplane seated next to him, what you'd have to do. And you'd have to say, uh, like, what, what's his first name? Or pick a name. I don't remember his name. Jack. Let's call him Jack. I don't remember his okay. name, actually. I so it would be like, you know, um, wow, Jack, you know, um, we just we just happened to be seated next to each other on a plane, and now you're talking about a trip? Whoa. Whoa. You're scaring me here. That immediately uh, jolts him out of what's going on, and puts him in more pursuit mode rather than he's just made a decision and fantasy mode. Do you see what I mean? In other words, if he's Uh, not achieving, Mm -hmm. right, if he thinks every step of the way you're on board, you lose. You absolutely lose. Because with each hour that passes, and three hours is a really long time. It is a long time. I mean, Longer than most dates. Exactly. And it's never going to help you, ever. Why is that length of time so, uh, why does that not help? The more time in Mm -hmm. satiates his self-soothing and amusing. Oh, that he has the puppy. That's all. Because let me tell you, if you had the puppy for three hours on the plane, right, in that analogy, Mm -hmm. you'd gladly hand them back to the owner and say, fantastic puppy. That's it. You wouldn't be more interested in adopting it. So, for example, if at the end of a long trip, you, the, the person next to you pulled out underneath their seat 
the puppy mm-hmm. who had been sleeping there the entire time. And you say, oh, my God, I can't believe he was there all the time. What a precious little thing, right? And they say, do you want to pet him? Do you want to? Of course. And they take him out of the carrier, and you get to love on him for mm. 10 minutes, right? Oh, like, yeah. Right? Well, we're going to adopt him out. You might be thinking, oh, my God, this is the best place. He slept all that time. He's good as gold. He didn't make a peep. You were, like, in love with him. And you're thinking, wow, I would really like to. So when they take him away in 10 minutes, when you're getting off the plane, you're like, oh, my God, maybe I should have taken their number because I'm thinking about a puppy. You know, oh, my God, he was just so wonderful. And you keep thinking about it. But if you'd had in that three hours when he maybe piddled on your dress, when he started chewing and gnawing on your finger, when he was climbing all over the seat, you see, it would you'd be satiated. You wouldn't right. be interested. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He even went for a kiss in the freaking terminal. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. But I that's like, because Whoa. you were giving him the signals by just being complicit that that was okay, and he got his fill. You have to be seriously mindful. And what happens for us that, you know, we're going about our lives. You sit down on the plane. You're not even thinking like that, right? No, I mean, the guy I, sits next to you and like, right. whoa, then it just starts happening and snowballing. And you've got to step into, okay, I've got to take control here. And control is not being snappy or um, leading or being directorial in a way it's this finessing and maneuvering things that are going to be what both of you would really want which let me tell you he's probably lonely and wants a partner as much as anybody else but if a woman doesn't direct it and be the mechanic of the relationship it's not going to happen because he's going to be a guy and he doesn't get it so he just had his fill, and he, you know, he got home. He did follow up, but here's the other thing I'm asking. He gave you his number? Oh, yeah. Okay, you don't take it. No, no, no. He has to ask you. Did he ask you for your number? Yeah, he did. No, 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 no. We're all getting off the plane, and he's like, let me get your number. Okay. Okay, so and that's it. You don't you don't take first. his. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, he texted me for I didn't do that. So he texted me first and I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. So now you have to pull back. Remember it's push pull. Here's the thing that happens regardless of any couple from time in memoriam. It's all about discovery. And if we don't pace discovery, it will be a disaster. It's a good point. I mean, I'm just thinking of this one particular situation. And there wasn't a lot of, there was, I think there was somewhere along the way in the conversation, we started to realize how much we have in common, a lot in common. And so I think that's where the discovery was fun. It was unique. And I was like, oh, me too. Oh, he's like, oh, me too. You know, so there was this weird from we're just seatmates to all of a sudden, there's an attraction, you know, all of a sudden there's mm-hmm. like an interest. And then it went from that to discovery. And then it quickly went from discovery to this is what I want. And I don't think you're that. So the pacing is like this. 
So you're okay. on the plane. It's going to be three hours. And he starts talking. And you take a break by this and you say, you know, Jack, it's been, I, I really enjoy our conversation. I've, I had planned on uh, sleeping uh, during the trip. So I've got to catch some, you know, I've got to catch some Z's. Mm-hmm. Or I need to, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to put my headphones in because I've got to do this work, even if you don't. Right? Okay. You make it okay. up because he has got to then be in the mode of pursuit. See, he, didn't, he was never in pursuit when he was sitting there next to you. He didn't have to be because you were a captive audience, right? And you were stuck there. So when you would do something like that, you've got to get some sleep. He's going to be thinking, oh, what am I going to do when she wakes up? I've got to, oh, my gosh, we only have like an hour left on the flight. Okay. Um, and he's thinking, thinking, thinking. When we're getting up to leave, I'll politely ask her for her number and blah, blah, blah. You see, there's been hardly any discovery. In other words, after 20 minutes of the great discussion, before it gets into anything deeper, you make him work for it. He's got to work for your time, attention, and affection, or he doesn't fall in the way that will allow him to continue pursuing. We are the pacers. We're the pace car on the racetrack, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's all strategy. And it's really not fun in a way because when you're there in it and you're having this amazing conversation, right? that is really, you think, wow, you you just feel great. And you want more of that feeling. And you have to be really cognizant of, I got to cut this off. I have got to cut off this good feeling. So one of the things that's very important is, what other male energy and males do you have in your life? Because that's also going to be seriously important. So why is that important? about the male energy in your life. I want to talk about that. Want more information on anything you've heard discussed here today? Why won't he commit? How a man decides to make you the one is available at all major book retailers. Or grab an autographed copy of Coach Paula's groundbreaking bestseller at whywon'thecommit.com. So, Heather, you just asked me, why is it important in your life to have male energy aside from men you're dating or um, in any way, right? Yes. Okay. Because if we go back to your situation with being on the plane with this man who was appropriate, you had things in common, I would imagine that other than the sometimes you're questioning, wow, you know, he's really futuring it and, hmm, those little things, you were enjoying the conversation. Yeah, it was a fun conversation. It was like we were getting along it was a high level conversation right so it's very important for you to have that in your life with other men in other profound ways so that you're not getting as filled from it as you would when you don't have it because that helps you stay in the mode of I have to pace this it's kind of like if you're hungry Mm-hmm. and there's food there that's not really the food you really want, right? You're going to take it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were saying before about 
doing things to be social and creating social opportunities with men in your area. And this is also why online is important because you are out meeting men and yeah. you have male energy in your life and that you can more easily pace when you're filled. When you're not hungry, that's the time to go to the store. The right. Store. Now that's so true. Yeah, don't go to the store. I've done that before. Um, I agree with you. I think that, you know, with someone who works from home, I don't have a work environment. I'm not going to a work environment every day where I'm interacting with people. Uh, so, I mean, I, I touch people, obviously, on, on our calls, but I don't necessarily, you know, the interaction at the office. And for a while, I was doing uh, co-working, just not going to work out. So, uh, I was looking for, well, where is, can I connect to the community? Mm-hmm. And I liked charity events, some fun things like that. Um, but a good example that happened, New Year's Eve, why I was texting you in my like craziness. Um, I, a friend of mine who owns the restaurant, just to give, this is such a great example. So the owner of the restaurant, her name is Christina. She's amazing. I love her. She owns the bar and restaurant. And I reached out to her and do you have anything going on? And she said, yeah, we have this thing going on. So it's like 50 bucks, whatever. I paid it. I'm looking smoking hot. I show up. Now, I know no one there. Now, Christina's in her 40s, and one of her waiters, who I know really well just from going there, super sweet. She's, I don't know, 30s or 40s. That's all I knew. And at this big event, who I'm there by myself, I look smoking hot, and I realize that the event is average age is 25. And mm-hmm. because I guess I look smoking hot, none of the men would talk to me. And I mean, like, I'm like, said hello to someone, like, oh, I got to talk to my girlfriend. Like, you could tell he was like, do not talk to me. Right. And I thought, so I'm there thinking it's a New Year's Eve party. And I just realized really quickly, everyone was there. They were paired up. It was a pairing. And, you know, the Christina who in the restaurant, it's just, it's just a party. It's just, she put her invitations out and whoever shows up. And I, I left, I was there maybe an hour and a half. And I left, mm-hmm. I left by like 1130 and watched the ball drop, you know, at home. And I thought, ugh, you know, this is why I want to figure out social places that I can connect socially mm-hmm. with, in a way that, that's, that's, you know, back in the day, these have social clubs. Like I'm really looking for a social club, you know. And here's a, what I'm thinking, two things here. One thing is the, again, we talked about this, and if you haven't heard it, ladies, go back to episode 15. Because you hear how engaging Heather is here and how wonderful this discussion is. We took a deep dive on episode 15 with Heather when you got to hold your sexy back. And depending what the smoking hot looks like, believe it or not, that is not going to allow men to feel comfortable to come up to you. Only the abject ultimate consumers who are going to see you in the category we know to be as the whore in the Madonna whore dichotomy. Yeah, and part of it is I knew no one there. You know, that was one piece. Uh, everyone was coupled up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's New Year's Eve, so I'm going to look smoking hot because it's New Year's Eve. I'm not going like, to be wearing my conservativeness. No, um, but it's I to think, the degree. Yeah, it's to the degree. degree. So, and also, it was, you know, it was New Year's Eve, and I realized quickly that this was not the party for me. So I was just in the wrong place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I left. I wasn't upset, uh, but I just, you know, wasted 50 bucks. 
but well, let me ask was, you about that. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you something because here, here you are in a place where see every woman has male friends, colleagues. Um, did you network? Because I believe that you can network for meeting men in the same way you network for connections, like via LinkedIn or something. You know how you go on and you connect to somebody that they know? Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely, kind of I definitely have a lot of male friends, but they're not in Austin. It's very strange. Um, yeah, not male friends usually. It's female friends helping I, you. Yeah, I have none. I, and I've tried this. I don't even want to go there. I am not having a conversation about my female friends. All of them blew up this year. Don't I'm even sorry. want to go there. Okay. It's okay. So yeah. I, I, but for other ladies listening, that's super important because for it's sure. other female, and they can be even. They can be as old as your grandmother. Because that's, you know, the old booby kind of thing, you know, that the the Yentas, the matchmakers, they're always wanting, the, I don't know if you watched The Bachelor last night, but one of the gals, she actually, her grandmother wrote a note to The Bachelor for her to give to him when she arrived. And it was very sweet because the grandmother wants her daughter to find, I'm sorry, her granddaughter to find somebody. It was really, really sweet. And that can even, so it can be women who are older that have daughters who have, uh, or they have, um, who have daughters that have friends, who have sons, even grandsons. In other words, it's networking just like you do with business uh, for the, the flip side of online. Again, online at this time of year, it's, really important and it's not just important to be on there it's important about what you do like for example you need to be on and off meaning hiding a profile one place and being up on another site because this works like a charm for the algorithms in online dating wait so you need to be in two sites you should be on you should be available to be on more than one site. I recommend a Tinder and another site that's really great in your area because different areas of the country just have different... um, It's really interesting how where Coffee Meets Bagel might do really well in like New York City or, or I hear it's pretty good in like Silicon Valley it's likely not going to do very well in the Midwest or maybe even in the South. But um, different areas have their different sites that work well. But you don't want to be up on a lot of them at once. You want to be on an app, and you want to be on a more traditional site, even if they have an app, like a match, a... um, Mm, I'm not what, do you, your, what do you think of Facebook? Anytime you can be open to meeting men and making new friends for the possibility of that when you're single, that's great. To use one avenue. So I'm not a proponent of only using online, of not using it at all. The sweet spot is always in the middle. But there has to be intention behind it and right intention. Because if you just go online and you don't have the steps, the texts you send, the 
as I um, always talk about, step number three in my program is vital to allow the man to be the one who is going to pursue you because without that pursuit, you don't have a real shot because he's just not going to be all in and it's not going to be setting it up with the pacing that's really going to be right for the best chance of success. Right. No, your, your formula is pretty good. Thanks. It, it, it really does. Um, you know, for example, there's a gal in it that for the last year, she's in my gym program. That's G, capital H, capital I, capital M, gym. It's a membership. And she's on weekly. And we've been working weekly for a year because the first six to eight months of that year was getting over the loss of an ex that it was, she was heading towards marriage with this guy and it fell apart due to not her issues at all and everything to do he ghosted it was a really it was a really sad thing and it took her a long time to get over that but then she got reluctantly you know back online all manner of things going on in her life but she kept at it and now she's in a solid relationship a Boyfriend, actually, he, you know, came to her. He wants to be boyfriend, girlfriend. Very exciting because it's about always us and doing the work on ourselves, just like with anything else. Because the men come and go or they, you know, they'll be in a different state of being right, not so right. It's what we do. It's always about what we as women do to lead it down the right path. I agree. It is about we lead it. We lead the pack. I think that's one thing that it's been uh, either overpower or submit. Um, the leading of the process doesn't necessarily, that's kind of new for me. Yeah, and it has to be done in a super feminine um, action way, not words. Words uh, can really harm us in relationships with men. Uh, because while they're not the verbal creatures that we are, once something is said for them, they don't process it like we do. It, they're much more, their brains are black and white. So if you said it today, it is that always and forever. Rather than, no, I'm speaking out of my emotions. Do you see? Mm -hmm. It's much more that way with men. Men are not as forgiving of words or forgetting, I should say, of words as women are. And that just has to do in, in large part to our brains. And so less with men verbally will always be helpful. Then it is that, that fine line of, of certainly though, calling the shots and leading it like for example that's a great example of you being stuck on the airplane with this guy and how you have to lead it down the road of him not getting his fill you do that on first meetings from online dating you do that for phone calls with a guy after you do that for texting with a man at every single turn you do it on dates you know, anytime I hear somebody come to me, I had the most wonderful 
first date or first meeting with a guy. We started out having coffee and then we went and all day we hung out and then we had dinner and we like ended up, you know, uh, kissing before he left and blah, blah, blah. And I want to say, you know, I know it is not going to work out to a great degree. I know that. Yes, there are always eclipses. But sure enough, it's what happens. And it's sad. Because the woman is going with her feelings and the man is showing her how much he wants it. How do you not believe it, right? We always default to truth. Somebody's acting as if, well, that's what it means, right? But not with men. It's only you're a pretty puppy for that moment. Of course it's true. Of course he wants more of you. Of course he wants to get to petting you. Of course he wants to spend all day with you. But that doesn't mean ever he's going to adopt you and will likely have his fill and you may not hear from him. And women, it's just so tough to get that in our minds and make sure we are pacing it. So not only does it not happen to us, it actually gives the man what he most needs in the course of the dating and relating because when he isn't given his fill he is going to keep pursuing if there's any interest at all right in that pursuit is actually how he falls in love and once more that's how he falls in love we don't fall in love in the same way at all And that's what I work with in my programs. It's about us coming to terms not with what would be best, not with what we would like. It's with what is. And when you can't beat them, which eventually by the time we reach 40 and we've had our fill with the nonsense and the difficulties and the heartbreak and the ghosting and the really, you know, sometimes it's much worse than that, that we get to a point of saying, okay, I've got to do something differently here because I've got to join them to beat them and actually get what I desire and deserve and give that man also what he desires and deserves, which men are wanting committed relationships with one puppy that they want to commit to and the one they will bond to. That's my little speech for the day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, all true, girl. I, I've seen it. I've just been challenging navigating it's, it for sure. It's very challenging. And why someone like me is in business because to do it on our own is one thing. But then also what happens is the women around us, our friends, our family, they are too close to the forest to see the particular tree that which is the guy of the moment that you're talking about right and they They want us to be happy right Right. they want us to be Mm -hmm. they don't want us to suffer and when we come to them and it's very hard to tell a friend your sister you know anybody close in your life hey you know this isn't going to work for you right I can do that when I'm working with someone in my program because they like, know, and trust me. Um, I have proven that, you know, I know what I'm talking about. And then they can trust and they see how it works through time. 
then it's like, okay, right? It's a very different um, situation than kvetching with a girl or a friend about how difficult uh, this particular guy is, right? right? And they'll say things to make you feel better in the moment. Why don't you just text him? Why don't you call him up? Why don't you talk to him? You're going to need to let him know what's going on. You're going to need to talk to him. You're going to need to. And through, you know, work together in a coaching relationship, when I've gotten all the backstory and I know men in the way that I do, I'll say, wait a minute here. This is how we pull up on his need to pursue you. It's not going to be what you would like to do necessarily in terms of texting or telling him off or, you know, whatever. But it's going to be what's going to get us for him to see what is not working and for him to want to correct it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you go back to your course. <laughs> well, I, I would welcome that because it is the way it's, it's really helping uh, women to get what it is that, you know, to be on that right track feels so freeing. Mm-hmm. It really does. It, I would... I'm not, you know, this is not against you. This is a, like, I haven't felt like I've been winning in that realm in my life in a long time. Now, please understand, listeners, that, you know, it's been three years. I came off an extremely negative engagement, uh, narcissist. So me getting back on track has been like a whole new track. You know, the old way of being, a way of way I was doing things in life six years ago doesn't really work for me anymore anyway. I first mm-hmm. started dating him and I'm changed and I'm different. So it's like once you've kind of, once you're aware, you can't go backwards. So um, I'm having to start up. I'm having to start newly on how to date. And yes. you're right. People who are my age usually have kids. They usually have different lives. Mm-hmm. That's why that particular man in the, in the, um, what do you call it? The airplane. airplane. I was intriguing to me because his, for me, he was in a good time, I think, that I would want to date somebody, which is both his kids are in college. Mm-hmm. He's learning to be a, a dad by himself. Like, he was mm-hmm. actually, and I find, I don't know if you experienced this, but this is now like the third guy in the last three years, you know, that one guy, Andy, in, in Colorado was the same, which is both of his kids were in going to college. Same thing with the first guy, Jay, I met you. Both of his kids were going to college. Like, Two kids, but all situations had two kids. And they all had their second one, last one, going to college when I met them. And there's this insecurity. I don't know if I, I keep attracting these three men all at the same time in their lives. And there's an insecurity that happens that I saw with all three of them of, like, who am I without my kids? Who am I without being dad? What do I do when, all, when both kids are in college far, far away and there's no one around? Oh my God! I need somebody. Um, true. That's 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 absolutely true. And here's what can happen: is that when there's lack of that discovery in in the pace it needs to go, a man will convince himself quite quickly that this isn't the right one. This isn't worth the time. He will be out before he's ever even in, and that's what you experience. I experienced that with the first one, Jay, then Andy, and then this guy. It's okay. almost like the other guy, this last one, the airplane guy, he was seeking something's wrong. You know what I mean? And I felt that, so I was like, I'm not even going to 
okay, something's wrong. We're out. You know, um, but it was it was over before it began, and it did have a chance. I agree. Of, I, right, it did yeah. have a chance. An hour into it, it had a chance with. You know, I'm really going to need to get some sleep here. It's been great talking to you. And make him wonder, right? Oh, yeah. she's not, hmm, what did I say? Why didn't she want to keep talking to me? I can't believe she's sleeping. Uh, wow, she, you know, I'm not all that. How could she, like, turn her back and go to sleep on me? You see, it's that you are pacing it and providing the opportunity for the man to actually fall, because only when he falls and gets outside of the intellectual part of his brain is when it's going to be most valuable for both of you so that he can fall, because without that, he will talk himself out of it in a nanosecond, and it will be like a light switch, just like what occurred, right? Mm -hmm. So that is always about us. And like I was talking about, like the woman in my program, we had to do a lot of reworking and rewiring for her. Because if not, we history will repeat itself. Right? And we'll be yeah, right back I, into it. It's we interesting I keep attracting it. the same guy. You know, they're of both course. the ages are different, but they're all over forty five. Mm-hmm. They all had two kids. They all had, were divorced, one, two, well, all divorced, except one was uh, a widowed. And they're all very successful in their career. Well, one wasn't very successful, but most successful guys. And mm-hmm. it's, um, and both of their kids were either about to leave or had one semester in. You know, they were experiencing life alone, you know, and they were freaking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have their kids to do everything with, you know, and, um, And like with any change that's going to come about for a man, it has to be paced, right? Because he has to come to the idea that, and this has to be brought along slowly by us pacing, that that, that life is going to be okay and easy with change. And that this person, meaning you, is actually going to add to my life, not take away from it. Because bottom line is everyone is dealing with fear. Everyone's dealing with fear. He's dealing with fear as much as you are dealing with fear. But his fear is something different. Will I be choked? Will this be too much? Will I not have time for my kids? Will I have to do X, Y, and Z? Is she going to be like my ex and that she's going to do this, this, and that? It's a whole manner of uh, really, again, not just pacing, but creating an environment for him, if you like him enough, to do that. It sounds like a lot of work, correct? Yeah. It sounds like work. Yeah. But that's what it can take in terms of our personal work so that it doesn't bleed out our stuff doesn't bleed out onto him because we have to be really in a space to allow for him to feel comfortable. Otherwise, you are going to ramp up those fears in him to such a degree. And why it is that strong, successful women 
are often alone more than partnered because it's not that the man feels too challenged or he's insecure or any of that. It's that he's not going to butt his head up against um, something that is just too difficult. In other words, he's going to take the path of least resistance. So you see a strong, successful man with a woman who's more, oh, kind of like she's not so achieved or successful or the the most beautiful or the most sexy or the most anything, right? She's a lovely, kind, maybe nice, sweet woman who allows him to be, and here's the ding, 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 most important, the peacock. He's got to be the peacock. He has got to show off his feathers. So there are eclipses to that for sure, right? And there could be finding that man who will be uh, in a more supportive role. He's happy to be in that supportive role. They're not as readily available and or as successful, right? But if you want a successful man, it really necessitates that you know these approaches and strategies and allow you as a woman, and this is for every woman, to get back to what we are most innately. We are the connectors, the cooperators, and the caretakers of the world. And that means for us changing hats all the time, taking our professional hat off and being our personal selves in a way that allows the man to feel secure and safe and lacking in fear. So the the feeling that he's insecure is just that he just doesn't want to be so challenged. He just doesn't want it because it doesn't feel that comfortable to him. It's a lot, and it's why I work in chunks of time with any client because it takes a lot to get to these places. It takes a lot of understanding ourselves first and foremost and enacting the approaches and strategies that work best in each situation. I get that completely. And I thank you for this. I really appreciate uh, you breaking this down for me and, and, you know, supporting all the women that you're creating because it's, it's a, you know, as you said, it's a marathon. Uh-huh. You got it. You got it. And I really and thank the- you for doing this today because um, these kinds of conversations are, are really what it's all about because this can be so helpful to someone else. I was uh, going to share something with you with that. <clears throat> and first of all, you know, I want to everyone know my her puppy principle. If you've not read your her, her book, I highly suggest it. The puppy principle alone made me cry about six times. Um, but it's true. Every time I see a puppy, I'm like, ah, that's true. But I was in a when I was at the uh, pageant, taking back in November at the Queen Mary. One of the things they had, they had like a coach. His name was Arthur. He was a, a man who lived in L.A. He was actually an actor coach, and he actually was part of the team that coached us. And we had, you know, we had a speech. We had an interview. We had mm. uh, presentations. We had up and down the, what do you call it, the stage. I mean, there was, there was like five or six different places we were constantly competing. And so he was kind of like a, a coach 
Um, and what he does for a living, he's an acting coach. So, you know, that made sense that he was working with us. Mm-hmm. So he was sitting with me and we were working on my called my pitch. And he said to me, now, I thought he was kidding, <clears throat> you know, because it's me. But he was dead serious, like dead serious. Now, I don't know if he's gay or not. I have no idea. I don't think so. But he is L.A. acting coach. So you can get <clears throat> he's a little flamboyant. But that doesn't mean anything. doesn't matter. But he was so dead serious. He looked at me and goes, Heather, you do know what's the most vulnerable, no, what's the most fragile thing in the world, right? And mm-hmm. I thought it was a joke. Like, I just mm-hmm. was like, I don't know, Arthur, what's the most fragile thing in the world? I'm thinking a baby, right? Or like, I don't know, a puppy. <laughs> and I'm like, is this a joke? And he goes, no, I'm serious. What's the most fragile thing in the world? And I went, well, what's the most fragile thing in the world, Arthur? And he's like, a male's ego. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing. And he was like, I'm dead serious. I'm like, mm-hmm. then why is it that men go to war, Arthur? He's like, the male ego is the most fragile thing in the world, Heather. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I screwed this up. You know what I mean? <clears throat> he, he was making a point on something else. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, wow, he, in his view, that is the truth. Mm-hmm. And I believe that to to great. In other words, here's why that is. Everything in a man's life, everything is about being black and white, on or off, stop or go, yes or no, success or failure. Success or failure. So that is why. In all instances, like even, for example, what we talked about from the very uh, beginning of this podcast, the man at the bar looking at you up and down, you know he has interest. You know there's something there, right? But he won't send you a drink or come over or anything of the sort. There's no wedding ring there. There's, you know, yes, he might have a, a, a girlfriend, but even so, He might even just want to spend that time with you and consume you, self-soothe, right, with you. But why he doesn't is because he might fail. Crazy. Ego is absolutely huge, and this man is absolutely right. So we, in our way, have to allow for that, although the real really frustrating thing about it is that if we lead or give in, right, and don't make him achieve, he doesn't feel that we're of value. This is what is so tough. And it's all done in a, an approach that has to be not all or nothing. It is always changing things up to keep the man, what? Wondering. Because when he's wondering, he's in the act of loving, falling in love. It is through wonder. We cannot ever satiate that wonder, even when we are married. It's just the birds and the bees. Right. So I could talk to you forever, Heather, and I really appreciate you doing this, and I hope that... 
uh, we'll be back on sometime when you're um, maybe you're you're Miss uh, I don't know Miss Universe in some <laughs> Miss way, Universe. Right? Miss entrepreneur, entrepreneurial Universe or something, right? I would not at all be surprised. That's funny. Yeah, thank you for that. I honor and thank you so much for this opportunity. Absolutely, and um, we will be you know checking in with Heather from time to time. For anyone out there, remember if you have a man in your life, new man in your life. Especially if you are online dating now, which it is the time, ladies, connect with me for the approaches and strategies that are going to help you really do online right to allow for a Mr. Right to feel like he is winning. And part of that, as always with any man, is making him wonder. Are you online dating or thinking about it? Go to theonelovedatingtest.com and see where you fall on the scale of being expert, adept, or inept at capturing the interest of men who are ready, willing, and able to commit. It's fast, free, and you'll get immediate results. 